Okay, um, let's go ahead and get started, though, just as people are coming in, we'll just get started. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. David said that I was um, on staff with DLA, and that is true. Um, I moved here about nine years ago to do DLA and met my wonderful husband, Stefan Davis, who also, David said, he runs the Desperation Conference. Um, anyway, we met there. I planned to move back to California, and then I met him, and I was like, well, i got to stay. So I am here now on staff with DLA, and I've been uh, working with DLA for since I really did the program. I've been doing leadership with them and then came on staff a few years ago. Um, and then, um, I don't know if any of you guys heard me speak last year about um, uh, miracles, but uh, my husband and I, we had a baby. Yes, six months ago. She's wonderful. Uh, her name is Kaya. And I uh, wish we had a picture, but we don't. So that's okay. You all have to just see me. She'll, she'll be here later. So you guys, if you see me walking around with the baby, that's her. Come say hi. She'd love to meet all of you. Um, okay, well, let's go ahead and just um, start with some prayer before we dive in. Are you ready? Okay, let's, let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for this opportunity, Father, that we can just dive deep into the topic of passion and what you have to say to this group at this time. And Jesus, I just ask, Father, that you would be here, that you would show up in a real, tangible, practical way uh, to each individual here. And Lord, I pray that they would walk away with a new tool in their belt, Jesus. I thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Would you speak through me, Father? Amen. Okay, so my title, I don't know if you guys are taking notes at all, but it's uh, That Awkward Moment When. Okay, y'all have posted on Facebook and Twitter and whatever, right, about those awkward moments? Yes? Awkward moments, yes? Okay, well, let me read a few to you guys, okay? Uh, That awkward moment when you walk into a room and you completely forgot what you were doing in there. How many? Come on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of you guys are like blank stares. I'm like... Are you with me here? Come on. You can laugh. Just be goofy. It's fine. Okay. I got lots of these, so come on. Just laugh with them if you think they're funny, obviously. Okay. Awkward moment when all of your friends are laughing at a joke and you still don't get it. (laughs) You go for a handshake and they go for a hug and it's like awkward. Okay. Uh, The server says enjoy your food and you say you do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Whenever you eat it. Okay. Uh, getting over someone when you weren't even dating, Ooh, that's bad, that's bad. Someone asks you when you are having your baby, when you had your baby two years ago? No, that's not my awkward moment, don't worry. I didn't put that, that's not personal, no one asked me that. Okay, you say goodbye to someone and then you walk off in the same direction? Uh, okay, weird, okay. Here's some desperation ones. Uh, you're in the front of wor- worshiping at desperation. You realize you forgot to put on deodorant. When you realize your friend forgot to put on deodorant. When, uh, when you tell the prayer leader your struggle and then he feels that corporate prayer meeting should be on that topic. That's weird. When you are the only person and someone sits right next to you in that giant auditorium, you're like, really? Really? I feel that way about a treadmill. When I'm at the gym and I'm running, I'm like, you had all these treadmills. Why do you got to run next to me? So weird. Um, when your face looks like you've been sobbing into a pillow for hours and someone taps you on your shoulder and wants to pray for you. Weird. 
especially if you're a girl and you have mascara running down your face. Uh, when you're updating your Twitter on your iPhone and someone lays hands on you and starts praying, you're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> when someone is constantly closing, um, constantly closing and opening their eyes so they can pretend like they know the lyrics to a brand new song, you're like, <laughs> when the worship leader says one more time, three times in a row, come on. You know you've been in Corey Asbury's sets, and he says, one more time, like 50 times. Dear Jesus, help me. When you realize the last day of conference, you've been, you've been uh, spelling the hashtag wrong. Okay, do you know what the hashtag is? What is it? Despo 13, just so all of you guys can't be that person. Um, you go down to the front of worship and then forget what section your group is sitting in. You're like... Anyways, okay. Uh, when you spend all your food money on Despo merch with two days of conference left. Come on, how many of you guys have done that already? Back in the back there. When someone tries to take a picture with Dan and keeps thinking it's David. <laughs> That's my favorite. I got a few more, I got a few more. When a hundred people come forward to pray for one brand new person. That's weird for that one person. When you lift your hands in worship and brush someone in a mildly inappropriate area. <laughs> Whoop, ah, sorry. Sorry. Uh, when, you, um, when you or someone else is pacing with their eyes closed and runs into you. That's weird. I've done that. When you're trying to worship, but all you can think of... Here's some serious ones. When you're trying to worship, but all you can think of is how many times you've messed up hard. You've been in prayer room for five minutes and you run out of things to say. You've been growing up in church and you realize that you're living a mediocre life in Jesus. Now, I want to really talk to you about these awkward moments, okay? We all have them. They're funny sometimes. Like, I just read off a lot of them. But some of them are serious. I mean, even that one where it's like you're trying to get over someone, but you weren't even dating them. Those are hard moments, and I think we all have some of those awkward moments with God where he's asking you to do something, and you're pursuing him, and that's an awkward moment because it's hard. I mean, awkward, if you look at the definition of awkward, one of the meetings is it's hard. It's weird. It's uncomfortable, and that's what I want you guys to understand when I use that word awkward. I mean, again, these are funny ideas, but really, there are some really hard, difficult uncomfortable decisions you have to make about your relationship with Jesus. And if you haven't already made them, you're going to make them. You're going to face them. I guarantee 100%. I can bet all of you that that's going to happen. But here's what I want to preface with. Everything in your pursuit of Jesus, it all starts with the fact that Jesus pursued you first. Always. It starts with Jesus. Always. Okay, so 1 John 4.19, obviously we all, most of us know this verse. We love because we, he first loved us. Okay, there's two ways you can take that. One way is that you can love, you love him because of the benefits. I love you because you love me. The, you know, you give me all these, all these gifts. You give me blessings. You give me what I want. Okay, we can love him for those reasons. But ultimately, that's a selfish reason. And ultimately, that's not going to cause longevity in your relationship with Jesus. Um, There's a a quote, I can't remember who said it, but there's a quote that says, um, 
Lovers outwork workers. The idea there is that those who love, those who truly love, those are the ones who are going to find longevity, not the worker bees, not the ones who are just grinning and bearing it and trying to just get the job done. Let me just get myself to heaven. Let me just love Jesus. Let me just choose the right thing and, you know. But no, the lovers, the ones who it's overflowing, those are the ones where you're going to find longevity in their relationship with Jesus. And I want that to be you. I want that to be you. Jesus wants that to be you. The other way that you can take that verse, the, you know, he loves because, we love because he first loved us, is the fact that he's just excellent and he's worthy. So I love you because you love me, because you love, because you're a God who loves perfectly. You can look it up in 1 Corinthians. Love is patient and kind. I mean, the list goes on. I, don't, I cannot possibly love like that. I mean, that's perfect love. And Jesus is, God is love. And so we love because he's worthy. He is excellent. His character is flawless. He's wonderful. We can't help ourselves but say, you're so, you're so amazing. I love you because you love me. Because of the way you love me, I love you. So... I want you to hear this quote. Um, there's a book called Deep Unto Deep by Dana Candler. Amazing book. I recommend it. Here's what a quote says. It takes God to love God. It takes the power of God on the human heart for the human heart to move in love for God. He is the one who awakens love in our hearts. To seek to describe the journey of the human heart, we must begin with him. For he is forever the beginning and the end. It never begins with us. He causes love to awaken. He causes it. So the fact that you're even wanting passion right now says something about God. It says something about him. That he is pursuing you. You think that you just conjured up that feeling all on your own? No. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is chasing you. God is chasing you, saying, I want you. Come after me. Come away with me. Just in Song of Solomon, he's asking for you. So the fact that you're even wanting passion is the fact that Jesus is already pursuing you. Okay? You've got to get that. And if you get that, that sparks something inside of you, this love. It's like, okay, I didn't just conjure. I, you know, those, here's an awkward moment. <laughs> you say, I love you, and that person doesn't say it back. <laughs> Weird moment, Okay? Come on, some of you guys, if your boyfriend goes, I love you, you're like, thank you. (laughs) Your girlfriend says, I love you, and you're like, you don't even say anything, you just walk away. Uh, But no, I mean, really, okay, um, you don't have to wonder if Jesus is going to say, I love you back. He's the one saying, I love you first. He's wondering if you're going to say, I love you back. So don't put yourself in that awkward position. Don't put the Lord in that awkward position where it's like, I love you. And he's just waiting. He's waiting to say, do you love him back? Not just do you love him, okay? It is even, you can read also, I don't forget where it's at, but, um, you know, that if you love me, you obey me. You know, let's get to that a little bit, okay? Motive, I want you to be motivated by passion and knowledge, okay? Romans 10.2, for I testify, I can testify about them. They're talking about Jewish, the Jewish people. I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. It's based on their own righteousness. So let's break that down a little bit here, okay? Because you're going, wait, they're zealous for God. Isn't that good? But then Paul goes on to say, but it's not based on knowledge. Okay, so let's see. Knowledge without zeal. 
okay? You have all this head knowledge of God, about the law, about rules, about what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do, the good and the evil, okay? You have all this, but what happens when you don't have this passion, this zeal, this feeling of real love, an encounter with him, an encounter with him? What happens is that it just turns into legalism, it's cold, it's disconnected, it's, that, again, is not going to produce longevity. So those of you, I mean, I was one of those people growing up in church who just was full of knowledge about God, okay? I knew the rules. I knew what I was supposed to do and not supposed to do. And so I followed those, so much so that I became so judgmental in my own heart. Well, I'm doing this. Why aren't you doing this? You should be doing this. I mean, I remember sitting in church, and my friends would be, you know, messing around, you know, and talking and sending notes, and I'd be glaring at them, like, shut up, what are you doing, pay attention, this is church, you know. But, like, there was not this love, okay, bursting forth, okay, it was all just knowledge. You hear what I'm saying? You can't just go, okay, I'm going to read the Bible and just get all this knowledge about God. You also have to encounter him. Okay, so that's the next thing, though. Let's talk about that with the verse says, zeal without knowledge. So zeal without knowledge, it's all about feeling. You have to know that your feelings will betray you. Okay, they will. Think about it. When you're pursuing a relationship with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, okay? Chances are that, let me just tell you right now, okay? When you're in high school, chances are that person ain't going to be your wife or your husband, okay? So your feelings are going to betray you sometimes. In, in fact, there's going to be times where you're focusing in on Jesus, you're spending time with Jesus, and you don't feel him. That feeling is betraying you because it's not truth. God is there. He is with you. He is listening to you. He's wanting to interact with you, okay? But that feeling of, I don't feel him, even if you're in, in worship, okay? Awkward moment. You're worshiping. I even said that. You're worshiping, and you don't feel Jesus. You're looking around like, I have no idea what these people are doing. I don't understand. Why are there te- tears rolling down their face? Why are there smiles on their face? Why? How? How can they engage for worship for 45 minutes? How is that possible? It's because they've encountered him. They are encountering him, okay? But sometimes those moments don't happen. I've been in those moments many times where I'm in worship and I'm like, okay, I just don't feel the Lord. But you know what? I have to get in control of my mind and have knowledge in that moment and realize that's not truth. The Lord is here with me. He is here and he is worthy of worship whether I feel him or not, okay? So you can't just go off of your zeal off of your passion, okay, you also have to have knowledge of the Lord. But you can't just go off of knowledge. You're going to go into legalism and that cold relationship. You also have to encounter him. Amen? Do you hear? Do you hear? You've got to couple that, okay? So I, I know that you guys are, I mean, you've obviously come to this seminar, seminar for one reason or another. You know, it's like I want to learn passion, I want to figure it out or something, okay? Um, and you can't just have that. You need more. You need to know him. Really walk with him and get in the word and see what the truth says. Okay. Passion, though, it looks different. In all seasons of your life, it's going to look different. It's the other thing I realized pretty quickly, okay? I, I told you that I, was, I grew up in the church. My dad's a pastor. And I, um, 
I became, you know, I became a little legalistic because I don't think I really encountered him in some real ways. I came to desperation, and I remember standing, it was in the tent, it was like nine years ago, it was in the tent, and uh, standing in the back, and it's like standing room only, and all of a sudden, I just start weeping, like really weeping, and I'm like embarrassed, that's an awkward moment, <laughs> okay, the Lord encounters you, and you're like, oh God, God don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, you're sobbing, okay, and it's that moment, mascara is running down my face, and I cannot explain why I am crying uncontrollably. It's because the presence of the Lord was there. He met me, and something happened, okay? I encountered him. Then I had knowledge, and then I had passion, and I coupled that together, and that is what is helping me along this journey to have real longevity with the Lord, okay? So, uh, I don't want to, have to admit this, but I'm 30 years old, okay? I just turned 30, okay? And, um, yes, thank you. <laughs> I know, I'm someone who, thank you, I just appreciate that. Okay, um, I'm 30, and I just turned 30 on May 30th. It was my golden, and I began to reflect on the last 10 years of my life. And the last 10 years of my life, I've really been pursuing Jesus wholeheartedly. I mean, like I said, I grew up in church, and I knew Jesus, and I followed Jesus, but it was different in these last 10 years. It's been different. And I started to think through, what is it? And so I want to show you how passion changes through the seasons of your life, okay? So the first, the first um, step in this for me was when I came to know the Lord um, in a real passionate way in DLA. It's, it started with desperation. And... I was engaged uh, before I had actually, you know, I'm married now, but I was engaged to another guy uh, before I had moved out here to do DLA. And um, we, I mean, I got to tell you, marriage was on the throne of my heart, not the Lord. And I pursued that relationship because I just wanted a wedding. I wanted to get married. I, you know, and I just was like, I just need a man. You know, I got my wedding, come on, you know you Pinterest ladies out there. You got like a wedding page, okay? You may need to delete that if there's an idol in your heart, okay? But seriously, I was like, I got my wedding planned, and all I got to do, I just got to find a groom, you know? Ah, you know, that led me down a real sticky road because I started dating someone. We got engaged, and um, I just felt like I wanted more of the Lord. So my awkward moment came when I was engaged and I was wanting to pursue the Lord more and my fiancé wasn't. This is an awkward moment. That's a hard moment. My world came crashing down. What I had built came crashing down. Because he said, he said things like, well, I don't want to be a leader. What? You're going to be the, like the man of the house. What do you mean? And he's like, I don't... I don't think I need to grow in the Lord. That hit it for me. I was like, okay, I do not want this relationship because this is not where I want to go. I actually want to grow in the Lord. I want more of him. I have not had enough of him. And he was like, well, I'm satisfied. So I said, okay, well, I, I'm gonna have to, we're going to have to wait on this marriage right now. He's like, well, no, you're going to either marry me when we planned or you're not going to marry me at all. And I said, well, I'm not going to marry you at all. He's like, okay. I'm like, all right. Hang up the phone. Sobbing happened. Okay? I wept 
My flesh was hurt. It was in pain. But my spirit, something happened. Something awakened in me. I almost could breathe for the first time. I really could breathe. Okay? And there's something weird in that moment where I am like in so much pain, wondering if this was the right decision, really upset, wondering if I'm really going to meet somebody as good as that guy. All of these questions, right? But then I can actually breathe. I can actually feel the presence of the Lord. He's with me. Something happens. A spark happened. Okay? So we broke up, and I came out here to do DLA. Not, I didn't break up with him because of DLA, but I came out here, did DLA, and um, I remember sitting in a prayer meeting, and all my friends were encountering Jesus and like getting their prayer language and all this stuff, and I'm sitting back in the prayer meeting just slumped down in my seat mad. Lord, why am I not feeling you? Why aren't you here? Why don't I have my prayer language? And the Lord just said, I had been talking to my ex. I had been communicating, I've been keeping up communication with him, holding on to that hope, false hope. And the Lord's like, you need to stop talking to him. You need to fully let go in your heart of this guy. And you need to pursue me. And ugh. That was hard. That's an awkward moment. So I call him, and I'm like, hey, i got to stop talking to you. He's like, okay. So I hang up. <laughs> a week later, I call him. Hey! And then I'm like, wait, wait. No, i got to stop. I can't talk to you. I'm sorry. I can't talk to you. <laughs> Literally, I call him again. And I'm like, hey. He's like, hey. And I'm like, I really, I'm actually real. I'm not supposed to be talking to you, actually. Okay. Well, then, I call him again, you guys. Okay, guys, you would think I would get this, right? I just didn't, okay? I just kept calling him back. And um, then I'm in that prayer meeting, and the Lord's like, you know what you need to do. Okay, I'm going to do this. Like, you know that moment when you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, I'm really going to do this this time. So I give him a call. He doesn't answer. I just say, hey, I need you to call me back. He never calls me back. I never call him. That was it. But I got to tell you, something happened. I mean, the Lord met me in some real ways, okay? I want to talk about this real quick, okay? Sometimes you're going to have moments of obedience, and then you're going to encounter passion. Because of that passion, you're going to want to be obedient. But sometimes you're just going to have to be obedient. And then when you're obedient, all of a sudden you have passion. It's like this cycle, okay? It's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, passion or obedience? I don't know. I don't really know, okay? You just got to be obedient sometimes. And sometimes you'll be obedient because you're passionate, okay? But that time, I was just desperate. I just needed Jesus because I needed him more than anything else. And so I did. I just stopped talking to him, and the Lord just met me. I mean, I grew. I mean, the Lord healed my heart of things, restored my heart. I remember I was waking up at like 4 a.m., going to, okay, you guys know what Gunther Tootie's? It's a local restaurant here. It's like a 50s diner. It's weird. And you have to wear this really weird 50s outfit and red lipstick, and you have this name that's not your name. My name is Roxy. And, okay. Yes, okay, well, okay, well, so I got up really early, worked a hard, long shift at breakfast, and then came home, barely took a nap, went to another job, or I went to a prayer meeting for DLA, okay, then I got off work, and all my friends are wanting to hang out, and I'm like, I just, 
I just got to go be with him. I just got to go be with him. And I'm telling you guys, he met me in ways that I can't even describe. You have to experience that. And so I just started to act on my desires. I started to act on things that he was telling me to do, those awkward moments. Hey, sorry, I'm going to go spend time with the Lord. And my friends are like, well, didn't you spend time with him already? You went to a prayer meeting. Yeah, but I'm going to do it again. Okay, those are weird moments when your friends are pursuing Jesus too and they don't know why you're going to go spend time with him again. I just, I just got to. So I did. Okay, so that's, my, that's, how, that's how it looked in my single years. Okay, I mean, you could look at that and go, man, that's extravagant. Oh my word, you broke up with your fiance. You were working crazy hours and still spend time with Jesus like multiple times a day. Whoa, that's extravagant. I can't do that. I mean, I did some fasts. This isn't to, this isn't to boast. Let's just say how passion looks in different seasons, okay? Because you're going to come to a moment where you're in, you're in your singlehood and then you're going to be in, your, in a marriage and you're going to be like, my passion doesn't look the same and you're going to question, do I have passion? And I'm telling you, you do. It just looks different, okay? It just looks different. Your responses look different. Okay, but when you're a high school student, it's going to look different than when you're a college student. It's going to look different than when you're married, and it's going to look different than when you're, when you're a mom or some of you fathers, okay? So, okay, I'm married, or I'm about to get married, and uh, the Lord is wanting, this is an awkward moment, the Lord is wanting me to follow my husband instead of myself. And that was very hard. That was an awkward moment for me because I didn't know how to respond. I really wanted to do what I wanted to do. And one of those things was uh, my dad's a pastor, and as I told you before. And so I grew up all my life thinking, okay, like, my dad's going to do the ceremony. Wonderful. Great. Okay. Then, then Stefan's like... You know, I'm just not feeling that. I, I'm, you know, that's a long story. But he's, he wanted to go a different route and have someone else do the ceremony. You don't understand if you're not a pastor's daughter. I'm just telling you right now, that was hard for me. Incredibly hard and painful. And to even do, talk to my father about that. Okay? But I had to choose to follow my husband, my future husband. He's first in my life. But you know what? You're talking, well, how does that have to do with the Lord? I'm telling you, the Lord has, okay, lots of different things that he's going to ask you to do that doesn't necessarily have to do with him. He's going to have times where he's going to ask you to fast. He's going to ask you to spend more time with him. He's going to ask you to stop hanging out with those friends. Okay, but then there's going to be other times where he has you do things that doesn't seem to have it to do anything with him. Those times, though, he's wanting you to honor the system he's put in place, the things he's put in place. Okay, like, I mean, I just know that the Lord honored that because me and my husband became one. I mean, not just in a ceremony, but they, we became one because I followed him and not myself, not my dad. He wasn't the person in my life that I was supposed to be following anymore. So that was painful, guys. That was hard for me. Another, another painful sort of awkward moment where I had to decide, do I want to cultivate passion or do I want to just do my own thing? And when I was married, it was um, trying to find fulfillment in my husband. I remember we were first married, and I'm like having a hard day. And 
trying to like vent on him and he's like what are you doing I'm like I just need you to listen and I need you to tell me what to do and fill me up and he's like okay that's for Jesus Nambi you need to leave right now and you need to go be with Jesus and I was like that's weird that's awkward moment. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, I like I'm like crying. Really, I was crying and mad all at the same time. And so I like get my stuff, leave. Fine. I go be with Jesus. And I come back and I'm like, hey. He's like, what happened to you? Like I was with Jesus. He's like, well, do you see that you're supposed to get fulfillment in Him and not me? And I'm like, yeah, I do now. Thank you. You know, and I was really happy, you know. I mean, I really did. Jesus met. Okay, but you know, that's an awkward moment when you're trying to fulfill, find fulfillment in your husband. You're not supposed to. Okay? You're supposed to find it in the Lord. Okay? So, as I told you, I, uh, we had a baby six months ago. And, though, okay, so I want my, when I was married, those ways that I can be extravagant were different than when I was single, right? It looks different. The way that I sacrifice, the way that I obey, the things that I obey, you know, it just looks different. The same goes for motherhood, okay? So I get married. I'm following Jesus just like I did in my singlehood, and I'm, like, nervous to have a baby because what's going to happen, you know, with my time with the Lord? I mean, it's like joy killers that people are like, you're just never going to spend time with Jesus like you used to. And I'm like, no. But oh my word. I, I can't even tell you how much the Lord has just shown up like in a snap of a finger. He is there. Okay. I don't have time. He knows it. He sees my baby. He knows he put her there for me and my, my husband to raise for purposes. He knows this. It's not like he's like, Okay, watch this, guys. I'm going to give her a baby. Let's see how she chooses me now. That's like not a good God. And that's not who God is, okay? He's like, let me give her a baby. Let me show her my father heart of God like she's never understood before. I got to tell you something, you guys. Now that I have a baby, I know what it means when the Bible says, nothing can separate you from the love of God. I know that because there is nothing that baby girl could do that would make me stop loving her. Nothing. And so when I'm with the Lord and I'm tempted to go, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't do this. He's like, I love you anyway. And I'm like, yeah, you do. I know you do. I know it. I'm going to still be with you. I'm going to still choose you because I know. So I'm just saying, whenever I had a baby, it didn't get worse, okay? I didn't all of a sudden, it looks different. I don't get hours a day with the Lord. But you know what I do get? I get to practice the presence of the Lord. That's a book, by the way. Go ahead and read that. It's really good. But I get to practice the presence of the Lord, okay, in my day-to-day life. I get to commune with him in a way that I never knew I could. Why? Because I have to. It's all I got, okay? And so I wish I had that tool when I was in high school and I could just practice the presence of the Lord. But I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know what that meant. I thought that all I had to do was just fast and be alone with the Lord. But you know what? It's awesome when I'm doing the dishes and the Lord is just there. So here's an awkward moment. Um, when, I, when I had Kaya, 
Um, all of a sudden, you know, she's like watching me. She like stares at me all day long. She just stares. She just watches me. If I'm in the room, she's just wanting to watch me. And I'm not doing anything. I'm just like walking around, you know, and she's like just watching me, like amazed too. Okay, I'm like brushing my teeth, and she's like, it's like she doesn't get it because it's like you're doing something so amazing what is that and I'm like I'm just brushing my teeth you know but seriously okay so then all of a sudden you know I'm brushing my teeth and my child is staring at me and all of a sudden I realized the Lord just met me there in that moment gave me revelation that that's how he wants me to look at him in awe of him at everything that he does and he goes those are simple things I go, I know, but those are like amazing. How do you do that? He's like, it's just simple. He wants me to be in awe of him like that. He wants me to stare at him. He wants me to be childlike. Now I know what it means to be childlike because I watch my child. And she just watches me like I am like amazing. And I need to look at the Lord like that. And so did I have this long, drawn-out God time to have that revelation? No. I was brushing my teeth. And all of a sudden, revelation. The Lord meets me, and I'm like, oh, that's so good. God, I'm so, I want to do that. I'm so sorry I haven't been, and I want to do that more. And So good. And you guys, I'm telling you, you don't just have passion in your young years. You can have passion when you get older and you're married. You can have passion when you have children. I'm telling you, it's not just now. But let me tell you, I had to learn something very quickly. I can't live on yesterday's manna. I can't. I can't go on, man, I just had an amazing time in the prayer room in DLA in those two years. Oh, Jesus, it was so good. I know you more than ever. And, oh my gosh, my heart is awakened to you. And I love you. And I'll do anything for you. And then get married and not cultivate that anymore and go, I'm just going to live off of that. Yeah, memory. Oh, yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah. Then I get further and further away. It's like, wait, what was that feeling again? I, did I? Yeah, I did encounter you, right? Okay. That's what happens when you live on yesterday's manna. You forget. You start to forget a little bit. But when I'm cultivating stuff as I go on, those memories just get sweeter and sweeter. I look up those things with fondness, with tears sometimes. I look back and I go, oh, that's so good. Why can I say that? I can say that because I'm doing it now. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's the big ideas that I want you to pick up on. You are going to have awkward moments where the Lord wants you to do something it's hard, it's difficult, it's uncomfortable. But you have to choose in that moment, what am I going to do? I mean, I have those every day, you guys. It didn't stop when I was out of high school. It didn't stop when I was in DLA. It didn't stop when I was married. It doesn't stop now when I have a baby. I have those moments every day. In fact, here's another awkward moment. I'm asked to pre- preach here to you guys. I'm like, yeah, great, okay. And then um, I just don't simply have time, right, to like go prepare a sermon again because I'm like, so I start feeling this like condemnation. Like, you can't speak on passion. You, you haven't been cultivating it. 
You haven't been spending hours before the Lord. And you know those times where you could have had opportunity and you didn't and said you watch TV? Do you see how the Satan has gotten into my head? You see it? You know he gets into your head too, huh? He gets in there and he goes, you can't do that. Do you see? You just, you didn't choose him over there. How could you do that now? You got to forget about that like I did. You just, no, nope, I'm going to do this. Lord, I know you love me. I know that you've called me to do this. Whatever it is that the Lord's saying, okay? Are you guys picking up on what I'm saying? There's going to be times where there's hard moments. You've got to just choose Jesus. And then there's going to be moments where you realize you have to choose Jesus, but the enemy comes in and goes, well, you haven't been choosing Jesus. Look at what you did last weekend. Look at how you behaved. You can't choose Jesus now. Forget that. It is a lie. Okay? You can choose Jesus. And you just keep choosing him every single moment you get him. And if you didn't choose it last time, well, fine. Choose it this time. Okay? So, what are you going to do when you have those awkward moments in your life? How, how many of you have had those already? Yes. Okay. Well, I just want to conclude here by just praying for you and I'm going to be up here. I ended a little early, so if you wanted to come and talk to me at all, you can. If not, you can just stay with your friends and you know, get prayer from your friends. But I just know that you have to be built up. You have to have friends. Here's one of my great friends, Anna. She and I did DLA together. Amazing, okay? She's great. She's been a friend, lifelong friend. And there's, I mean, I need her in my life. I, there's people I need. I always need those people to help me through those awkward moments. And she knows a lot of those moments that I was just talk, talking about. And so, and my sisters too, they're here too. My sister, she just got married, everyone. Yay! Okay. Anyway, I, um, I hope that you could hear some truth here with my testimony, but also just with the Lord seeking you first, okay? You don't have to wonder how he's going to respond. He's already responded to you first. Okay, so let me just pray for you, okay? Jesus, I thank you for this time. I ask, Father, that as we continue in this conference, that you would show these students, each one sitting in these seats, men and women, I ask that you would show them how you're pursuing them. It all started with you. And Lord, I ask you, give them the strength, give them the boldness, give them the courage, give them the love to know that they can make the right decisions and they can choose you and cultivate passion too. So Lord, I pray against the plan of the enemy that would want to destroy their intimacy with you. I pray against the doubts and the worry and the fear and the condemnation and the shame in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that you would encounter each one here. You know those specific things on their hearts, Jesus. Meet them there. Where they need a father, be a father. Where they need a friend, be a friend. Where they need a counselor, be a counselor. Where they need a comforter, be a comforter, Jesus. So God, I ask, Lord, that you would cultivate this passion in them because it does start with you, not just with us. It is in your name that I pray, God. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you for your time, you guys. Stretch, get some food. Okay.